Good morning and welcome to Monday morning, March the 14th in 2022 on When I Rise. Today we begin year C, the third Sunday of Lent. And on the Monday of the week, we'd like to start off with the Old Testament passage from this week, from the Revised Common Lectionary and this week in the church calendar year. And so we find ourselves in a prophetic book, Isaiah chapter 55, verses 1 through 9. I feel like in the Lent season, the Easter season, and the Christmas season, Isaiah 53 to 55 always makes its way in. So we may have covered this passage before, but it's worth looking at again. So let me read that passage. We've got a couple points for reflection, and we'll spend our time praying along the theme that we find there. Thanks for making this part of your morning on When I Rise. Let's allow our souls to rise and meet God together in a time of prayer. Isaiah chapter 55, verses 1 through 9. Hey, all who are thirsty, come to the water. You have no money, come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk, without money and without cost. Why pay money for something that will not nourish you? Why spend your hard-earned money on something that will not satisfy? Listen carefully to me and eat what is nourishing. Enjoy fine food. Pay attention and come to me. Listen so you can live. Then I will make an, an unconditional covenant promise to you, just like the reliable covenantal promises I made to David. Look, I made him a witness to the nations, a ruler and a commander of nations. Look, you will summon nations you have not previously known. Nations that did not previously know you will run to you because of the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, for he bestows honor on you. Seek the Lord while he makes himself available. Call to him while he is nearby. The wicked need to abandon their lifestyle and sinful people their plans. They should return to the Lord and he will show them mercy and to their God who will freely give, forgive them. Indeed, my plans are not like your plans and my deeds are not like your deeds, says the Lord. For just as the sky is higher than the earth, so my deeds are superior to your deeds and my plans superior to your plans. This is the word of God for us. For the person reading through Isaiah for the first time, this is a comforting passage uh, because it gives so much hope, right? I mean, the first 38, 39 chapters of Isaiah uh, are relatively doom and gloom, uh, talking about the destruction of Israel because of their sin. And then we sense a key change in chapter 40 through the rest of the book. But in this, these mid-50s chapters, we sense this great promise is being built about Israel's future. That God's not going to leave them abandoned in a foreign land in exile, but God's going to bring them back and allow them to, to dwell in safety. A lot of times people will go to verses 8 and 9 of this passage. When they get into a back and forth conversation with someone who can say, well, why would God do something like that? Like, why would God create everyone, uh, but then, you know, deal with people either with mercy or with judgment according to uh, their different philosophies on how one chooses God or not? And uh, someone would strikes back and they say, well, God says that his ways are higher than our ways and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And it's true. I mean, God dwells in a category all of his own. He sees everything. Time is something that is only relevant to us, uh, that moves God's story along. And so, yes, God's ways and his thoughts are higher than our ways. But situated back into this context, it actually has even a better message than that. 
I mean, some people might ask of God, by now, why would you continue to be in relationship with Israel? They've abandoned you time and time again. And isn't it time for the, um, the agreement that you've made with them to just lapse and just to let it go and to let Israel be scattered to the four winds of the earth and to maybe pick a new people and to try this story over? Like, why would you continue to show mercy to this people? But at the heart of Isaiah 55 is this idea of God is still willing to be found if they seek him. And he's willing to show mercy. He's willing to show covenantal love and preference towards the people of Israel if they would seek him. And then it gets to the, those verses because my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. My ways are higher than your ways. This God is so ridiculously generous that he continues to pour out his mercy. This reminds me of a later parable that Jesus tells in the book of Matthew. It's unique to the gospel of Matthew, where uh, Jesus talks about um, all these workers that are being asked to go work in a vineyard by a vineyard owner. And he goes hour after hour and he gives shift after shift of workers and he gets to the end of the day and there's still guys in the marketplace who hadn't worked all day long because they've been picked over. They're not the greatest workers in the community. And so they have a hard time finding a job. And so the owner goes once more to these individuals and he asks them like, why haven't you found work? And they said, well, no one's picked us. And so he invites them to work in his field. They work for about an hour and then like the whistle blows for the shift to be over. And then everyone gets paid. And Jesus tells us in the story that everyone gets paid the same, right? And Obviously, those who worked the longest in the day, they're a little bit frustrated that they get paid the same as uh, the ones who have been worked for one hour. And the vineyard owner strikes back and he says, are you so envious because I am so generous, right? So here is this interesting dilemma. Are you really going to take this vineyard owner to account because of his generosity? Which is kind of a staggering thing in, in our minds, right? Like we tend to uh, honor uh, generous people. We tend to give them awards because of their generosity. Rarely would we even consider running somebody down because they were extra generous towards somebody. But maybe that's the point. This God is so generous that his generosity is kind of in a, in a category all of its own. It's so good and it doesn't seem to fit into our logical categories that we're offended by how generous this God can be almost to say, Hey, you really shouldn't be spending your, your good stuff on these people because they may not be worth it. That might've been something that would have been indictment upon Israel. But here comes God. Once again, the faithful father, he says, no, they're my people. And so they can seek and find me. If they seek me, this is still time for them to find me. And so what a way to start out our week to dwell upon the idea about a merciful God whose generosity we can't quite comprehend. And so it just leaves uh, this one conclusion for us. Since we can't comprehend it, we either reject it or we embrace it. And the admonition from Scripture is to embrace it and to seek the Lord while he may be found. So with that in mind, let's spend some time praying to our God this morning. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we declare that you're a good God, and you're a good God because you exist in a space that's all your own. Uh, you're the one who is holy. Uh, you live in unapproachable light. Uh, we rejoice in who you are because you're the God who holds us and all things together. You're the powerful God. We also know that you're the merciful God. You're the one who pours out mercy upon people who don't quite deserve it, uh, not even close. And so we thank you for Jesus, for the gift of salvation and for the gift of forgiveness. 
that the love of God has whisked us into this great family, this worldwide family. We get to share in community and fellowship together. And so we thank you for all of our brothers and sisters in the world that have been so shaped by the economy of grace, uh, grace that extends to us and then through us to the ends of the earth. And so God, as we meditate on your goodness and your ways and your thoughts, which are higher than ours, may we marvel, but also may we move out in faithfulness. May we be eager to love people like you have loved us. Uh, may we bind up the brokenhearted like you bound us up. Would, would we uh, set people free like you've set us free? So we pray that we would, in a million ways, resemble your people, those who are merciful, kind, patient, and just. So fill us with your spirit so we can do that task today and this week and the days ahead of us, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.